Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. It is Friday. If the song didn't give it away, we're, uh, we've got a lot of things we've got to talk about today here. Of course, uh, we had a busy Thursday in the NFL. Uh, we've got a busy day today in the NHL. The Oilers in action taking on the Washington Capitals at 1 o'clock. we got NFL. There's tons of things to get to here on Fantasy Frenzy. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall. Come down and see us. It is Black Friday, so the mall's got a little bit of a buzz around it. There's a little bit little more people here. So come, come check us out. Swing by a Wilhawk Beef Jerky if you feel like doing so. one 401 is the text line if you want to get in on the conversation. Uh, Brandon, good morning. Uh, how was uh, last night down at the CBH at the Ice House? Yeah, uh, Ice House, such a cool facility there. Um, what's really unique about, like, the Ice House actually does have kind of a slightly different menu than mm. all the other CBHs. A few things that you can't get at other locations uh, and things like that. So that was great. Uh, Declan Kruger following the wrap-up of the Jason Greger Show live on location at the Ice House yesterday afternoon. Um, he sat down and joined me. We shared a big tray of nachos. That was terrific. Uh, I hadn't had the nachos at the CBH in a long time, partially because uh, my beer league team here in the city, the Tropics, we never have a game without any penalties. And if you do that in the CCRHL, you get free nachos at the CBH. <laughs> oh, really? But our team uh, never does not have any penalties, myself being usually the biggest culprit in that regard. Uh, I'm just too I'm just too feisty, too aggressive. But uh, but a great night as always at the at the CBH this time in particular the the Ice House. Nachos are great, beer was cold, and um, unfortunately not really any close football games uh, in the afternoon side of things anyway. So Yeah, I mean, Packers-Lions, although like it was a one-score game. That was kind of misleading. It, it didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like the Packers uh, were really going to let the Lions back into that one. Jared Goff with some turnovers, as we talked about on the show. Then the Commanders, I mean, a beatdown that leads to defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio being fired by Ron Rivera. He's going to take over the defensive play calls for the Commanders, the Cowboys, Looking good. Dak Prescott, what is he up to now? Like 17 touchdowns, two interceptions in his last five games. He's playing some really good football. Uh, they were able to establish the run with Tony Pollard, averaging six yards per carry there. And then as far as the receivers go, kind of just spreading the ball all around. Uh, Brandon Cooks and CeeDee Lamb with four receptions apiece. A touchdown, so if you had those guys in fantasy, not too bad. Uh, the night game, the game you were down at the Ice House for, uh, the 49ers defense we talked about it. Like they, they had some injuries and people might have been a little concerned with that football team, but they're healthy now. And Brandon, what they're able to do with that front four, uh, lining up Nick Bosa and Chase Young on the inside and then bouncing to the outside, like they're gonna be a handful, let alone like offense, of course, but defensively they, they got a really strong group. And then you've got Chavarius Ward and Fred Warner back in the secondary. Like this this team is when everybody's healthy and they're all playing, I do not see a team that can really compete with them across the NFL. Yes, the Eagles are very good, but like it, it, the Eagles' defense this year isn't quite what we've seen from them in the past. This Niners team, Trent Williams is back. Debo Samuel, a big part of the offense last night. Brandon Ayuk still getting his, uh, his score at the end mm-hmm. of the game. And, of course, Christian McCaffrey having himself a great day. And then you have Brock Purdy, who, if you want to call him a game manager, distributor of the ball, I've done it. But he's still a really good quarterback. It just so happens that he also plays with really good players, so doesn't have to be otherworldly, or at least doesn't have to show himself as otherworldly. All that with that defense that you just talked about, the front. This, like 
they they have to be coming out uh, of Week 12 here as odds-on Super Bowl favorites. I, I don't see how they couldn't be. Yeah, I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles obviously will have a say in that. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs probably as well. I'm sure Dolphins fans. I'm sure there's a few fan bases that say, hey, don't forget about us, but that San Francisco team. And, you know, top to bottom, like great coaching staff. John Lynch, I absolutely love what he does as a general manager. Last year, you know, looking at the team, we could add somebody. Goes out and gets Christian McCaffrey. Look what he's been able to do. This year, uh, Randy Gregory and Chase Young brought in midseason to adjust the pass rush. I love when teams are good, but they're still aggressive. They still want to get better, and that's exactly what the San Francisco 49ers are doing, and they look like it will uh, continue going forward. Uh, like we said, one 1440 is the text line if you want to get in on the conversation. Uh, Triple C in a truck says, Eagles just beat the Chiefs. Niners beat who? Well, hey, I mean, I, I put the Eagles right in that conversation as well. The Niners beat who? The, e- the, the Seahawks were tied with them for the division lead before uh, this Sunday. Yes, that loss to the Rams is, is kind of weighing on them. And I am now in the camp that Geno Smith stinks. <laughs> but this is a good Seahawks team. Like, do not be led astray. Like, this isn't some dumpster fire team they just beat. Yeah. The Niners lost three in a row earlier this season. Look at them bounce back now they've got everybody back in the fold. I I mean, I I think it's a two-horse race. The Cowboys, we're going to find out because they're going to play some tougher games in the next couple weeks here. But for me right now, the class of the NFC is the Eagles and the 49ers. And I think they're destined to meet in the NFC Championship game. We'll see. Things can always happen. We've seen it before. But those two teams are playing some good ball right now. Eagles got a tough schedule, though, don't they, down the stretch. So the Eagles will be tested. And, you know, assuming they come out of it in first or second, whatever it might be, they'll be battle-tested. So it's going to be interesting to see how Lance texting in. Is Jack Campbell, is it now the time to pick him up after one shutout in Bakersfield? I floated the idea during uh, in or out today to Eddie and Kevin about um, recalling Jack Campbell and giving him another look here as the next move for the Oilers uh, if things continue to kind of remain in their current state of not good. And uh, (laughs) I basically got laughed out of the studio with that comment. So uh, if you were to ask those two, Lance, I guess probably not. Um, I'm assuming this comment comes in with a bit of uh, uh, sarcasm toned in it, but I think it's very possible we'll see Jack Campbell back in the NHL before this season is over. So, I mean, hey, he's had success. Like, it's it's just a... I think probably a big mental thing with him right now, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. I don't, I don't know how many people will de- dealt the ability that he has. He's shown he can be a good goaltender in the NHL, but he's he's got to get some things figured out, and that's going to take more than you know one shutout. If he if he stays down there for another couple of weeks, you know, looks good, gets locked back in. I'm I'm definitely not opposed to bringing him back up, but it, I think it's a long road ahead. And uh, if he is able to, it would be one heck of a story for sure. The Oilers in action today out in the District of Columbia, as Brandon said. Take it on the Capitals at 1 o'clock. Interesting for the Capitals. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin leads the team in points. He's got five goals, seven assists for 12. But, you know, the, the team is playing a lot better. I think there, there's a lot of concerns with this team, but they're grinding out wins. They have a 10-4-2 and record. So uh, going into this one, the Oilers are actually favorites. Minus 115, over-under set at 6.5. We've had a lot of people texting in uh, to the Jason Greger. So, like, how are the Oilers keep hitting these these odds? How are they keep being the favorites in these games and going up against, you know, good teams that have better records? Today, it's on the road in Washington. Uh, Brandon, I mean, minus 115, Oilers favorites. Uh, is that a little surprising to you? It, 
it doesn't make any sense to me. The It's tough because I kind of want to bet on the oil here <laughs> to, to show some faith that they're going to turn this ship around, although it uh, might be a sinking ship at this point. At the same time, I, how can you justify putting at minus 115 money on a team that has 11 points? It, it's That is... <laughs> I'll be the first to admit, I don't always make the wisest or savviest of bets. Uh, you know, don't do a ton of deep diving research. I go a lot of gut feeling stuff, but I cannot justify betting on the Oilers at that price given the way they've been playing lately. It's it's crazy talk. It's funny how like, and you know, obviously I think the bets dictate the odds and they, they balance it out, of course. But I remember like back in the day, two, three years ago, just when it was the Canadian division, you throw the money on the McDavid dry settle over one and a half points. And for like the first month of the season, it was paying out so good. And then like, like they caught on and the, the odds just went down. You had to go over two and a half points to really get that payday. But yeah, they, they catch on. Maybe this is the time you, you throw a little down and you take advantage of the capitals being the underdog. And then it's kind of win-win. We've had people tell us that before you throw money on the capitals. If they win, you know, your wallet looks a little better. And if they, Oilers win, you're happy, and you just don't sprinkle too much. You you do so responsibly. Uh, Miles says, I got to say, guys, can we pump the brakes on Campbell? It's one game in the AHL. Look at the previous games down there. He's the last player this team needs. Miles, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not ruling it out going forward, but for the time being, 100%, he's got to he's got to figure some things out down, down there. Hopefully he does, and, you know, I'd love to see Jack Campbell back with the Oilers at some point this year. I mean, they're paying him enough money, but not right now. Let's let's give it a little bit of time. Brad says the Oilers recalling Campbell is ludicrous as firing as them firing McClellan, Tippett, and Woodcroft. Oilers going Oilers things from Brad. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. It was just kind of I I think tongue in cheek from Lance would now be the time to pick him up. Sugar Sean says, Hey Brandon, keep driving that Niners bus. Us Eagles fans feed off your disrespect. We'll be the ones repeating in the as NFC champs. When, when did I say the Eagles weren't a good team? I said their defense isn't as good as it was last year. I think that is statistically true. I can pull that up uh, in an exact moment to confirm that. Maybe I am wrong, but I don't think it is. Last year, their defense was lights out. This year, it's just good. I, I don't recall saying the Eagles are bad. I said the Niners are really, really good and probably coming out as uh, betting favorites at this point. But I, I, that could very well not be true either because uh, of the Eagles' record and the fact they still hold the one seed, which is a huge advantage. So the Eagles are good. I'm not saying they're not. But after watching that Niners game, you can't help but be impressed unless you're living in delusion. I think as sports fans, we just take everything personal. Like the amount of Justin, slan- uh, Justin Herbert slander I hear, and I get fired up when I hear people in this studio saying he's unbelievable in hypothetical situations. Most comeback victories since uh, entering the league. 12, 12 fourth quarter game-winning drives. But he just has to do it every single damn week. So sometimes it doesn't go his way. You know, I get defensive. I get heated up. It's it's Kevin will sometimes try and get me rattled by after the if the Ducks lose or something, right? He'll be like, <laughs> yeah. how about your Ducks? They're not looking very good anymore. I was like, yeah, I didn't expect them to be very good. So I, like, you're not going to get me fired up with that. Like, they're not a very good team. They got a lot of promise, but they're still not that great. 
Um, but yeah, you're in a bit of a different situation with the the Chargers. And as soon as the as soon as the Texans actually get some expectations again here, uh, the back half of this season and probably moving forward, once they start to not meet them, I'll be in the same boat of uh, trying to defend them on a week to week basis. You'll hear CJ Stroud overrated oh, overrated question mark. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he is can't live up to the hype. Uh, yeah, for the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I, like I said, similar to the Dallas Cowboys, I think we're going to get a chance to see how good they really are. The Eagles, they will get uh, San Francisco next week in Philly, then they go to Dallas and they get Seattle. So there's going to be some good matchups there for the Eagles. That works out perfectly. In two weeks, we'll see uh, the matchup between the Eagles and the 49ers, a potential NFC Championship matchup. Uh, Brandon, you got something going on here. You got, you got a beer league opponent in the chat right now. I, I don't know if he, I think he might be confusing us uh, with an there because there used to be two teams named the Tropics, which I just checked uh, my phone the the team group chat. Uh, one of our players just said uh, Brandon giving a shout out to the Trops on the air. Hey, I talk Trops all the time whenever <laughs> I get the chance. Usually every Monday morning. Uh, this this past Monday morning talking about how terrible I was costing us a win and defending our player Mikey Clark uh, for playing so devastatingly hungover he was throwing his guts up in the stall at the second intermission. I talk trops all the time. But uh, this conversation with Silicone Steve, he was asking about, are you guys? do you guys still have those terrible jerseys? And I was a little confused because <laughs> I actually think our jerseys are pretty nice. We have uh, some nice navy ones uh, with some kind of red and yellow trim. And then our, our newer ones, they're whites with some pink and like kind of baby blue trim on them. He's saying they look like one, like I think they're this other team that was called the Tropics had uh, jerseys that were kind of like supposed to look like basketball jerseys, obviously pulling from the name's inspiration in semi-pro. And I'm not sure if his last message confirms that we are not those ones or he thinks that our jerseys are still terrible, even in their normal, pretty standard format. So I, I'm not sure what Silicon Steve's getting at, but he's probably crossed, path, uh, crossed paths with either my team or the other Tropics team at some time uh, in the past. We've got a text coming in here. No name on it, but we might have to try to get the name coming in. Quickly, help. Do I toss Achan in my lineup over Breeze Hall or Saquon? Of course, the Dolphins taking on the Jets. Two hours. You got time. Uh, Slow it down. If uh, yeah, quickly and not that quickly. You got a uh, got a little bit. Unless like I know some people's leagues lineups lock earlier than they need to like they should literally lock at kickoff time uh but besides the point uh we had uh alan um alan oh pupar from uh alldolphins.com and uh elaine pupar sure yeah yeah had him on before yeah a long time ago he's, he's from montreal oh. we, we talked a little bit of elks and alouettes with him actually i know um but uh, but he said yeah it is looking like hm will not play uh, so they're kind of taking a very cautious approach with him rather than sticking him in there. I mean, he played, what, one snap before getting hurt after coming off the IR. They're taking a more cautious approach this time. It is looking more and more likely he will not suit up. So uh, I would probably, yeah, go ahead with the... Uh, and if you're comparing it to Brees, I think Saquon seems like probably the much better choice here. The Jets' offense is terrible. Yeah, you got the They're Dolphins. probably going to run the ball a lot today because Tim Boyle's under center. But still, even with that, how much production are you really going to get? I know I might be out to lunch here, but I still believe that Bill Belichick can scheme up a good game plan and the Patriots play the Giants. So I would worry about, you know, the, the Patriots going into this game saying, let's take away the run. Let's make Tommy DeVito beat us. So maybe he will. Maybe that opens up the run game. But 
of those options at face value and matchup, I'm including the matchups in this, both against Belichick and today and today's against the um, the Dolphins. I'm saying Saquon is the much better choice in my mind. Uh, just, the Jets are terrible. They stink. Their defense has given up now. I still have to play their defense because they're the only one I have. I've played them every week this season, except when they're on by. And for the first time, they let me down last week. It, it looks like they've kind of finally given up, saying, like, we cannot play perfect every game when our offense cannot score at all. And who's starting at quarterback? Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. Where'd he play? <laughs> UConn? Did he? That might be. I might have made that up. That's a that's a sticky situation out in uh, out in East Rutherford, yes, Yukon and Eastern Kentucky. And I believe he did not have good numbers at either of those places. Well, he picked it up when he got into the league. Yeah. Uh, just a quick note here: uh, Eagles waived defensive end at Derek Barnett. I know Alan Mitchell loves him, so I'm going to have to go break that news to him. That's going to be devastating. Eagles fans probably okay with it. Scalding Gord says, Connor, who would bug you about the Chargers? Oh, nobody. Nobody bugs me about the Chargers. Uh, Except Craig and Red Deer, who says Justin Herbert is the most overrated quarterback in the league. His career record is 500. That is true. But as Connor said, he can only play one position. You know, that if, if he does have to play better defensively. Yeah, come on. Get out there play both ways. He has to play better defensively. He has to not have the worst defense in the league, and that falls on him. He's got to just keep on matriculating the ball down the field. 15-minute drives, burn an entire quarter, and then then the Chargers can win 7 nothing. Uh, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll get to a bunch of text here in the inbox. one 401 It is Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie and Douglas on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Absolute classic. It's Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Connor Hallie, Brandon Douglas with you. Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall. If you're coming by today, you're doing some shopping potentially, swing by the 1440 studio, give us a wave. And then walk over to Wilhawk and grab some beef jerky. Nice little snack. Get the protein you need to get you through the day with your shopping. Someone dropped a sock right outside our studio. So if anyone's listening and they lost a sock, it's uh, out here. Between Bubba Gumps and Simons, one 401 Let's go back into the inbox for the Canadian Brewers. You can join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a chance to win a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Brandon, you were down at the Ice House last night. Uh, you, you talked about the unique menu. You guys got nachos. Did you get anything else, or was it just the nachos? So I had, a, I had a nice pint of a banquet Beer, actually, sorry, a, a tankard of Bankard. Then that mm. lasts me, um, you know, most of the game. And the nice thing is they, like, serve them in the chilled mugs so it stays cold. I can get a larger vessel and not worry about it being warm by the time I finish it if I'm kind of milking my way through it. But no, we got nachos with beef. I'll be honest, Declan left. Um, he took off. Uh, I thought about getting myself some dessert. I'm thinking about diving back into that uh, that chocolate cake you're always gassing oh, up. Yeah. But they have a different dessert menu. Oh, really? Down there. So they still have like the dessert fries, I think they call it, where it's like, um, I don't know, almost like a funnel cake type thing with the, the, the sugar and the ch- sauce or whatever. But they have like a fondue, chocolate fondue, where you get like Rice Krispie squares and you dip it in the fondue. They like have a whole fondue pot. The people beside me got it. Um, I elected against thinking that's the last thing my uh, 
gut needs is more sugar on a Thursday night. So I, uh, I resisted temptation, but yeah, very, uh, very, very cool uh, setup. And I even saw some people go into the uh, the ice ice throne, whatever, take some shots and stuff. So do a little sample. Oh yeah, yeah. you got to check it out. It is a good spot down there. Highly recommend it. I'll be there. I think December fourth for Monday Night Football. And uh, this week, we're heading down to the St. Albert South location. Had some good times there in my in my life. Hopefully, we'll see you down there. Uh, text comes in from John. He says, instead of trading for a goalie, why don't we go after a good shutdown defenseman? Yeah, I can dig it. I feel like, you know, right now for the Edmonton Oilers, as long as they continue to have those mental lapses in their own end and make mistakes the goaltender it's going to be tough so yeah i mean if, if you could go out there and find a good shutdown defenseman i think you'd certainly want to do so you got to factor in some things though you got to give up assets to do that what are you gonna have to give up who's out there who's gonna help out the oilers right now we had a trade suggestion come into the text line this morning which it's been a pretty popular one the philadelphia flyers uh, as a team in rebuild seems a team that a lot of fans want to feast on and take away their good players and give them all of our who they think are bad ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I put the suggested trade through the uh, cap-friendly trade machine. The result of the Edmonton Oilers, $9.5 million over the salary cap. <laughs> so keep in mind that the Oilers currently have about $150,000 in cap space. Yes, yes. You have to think that if you're going to make a deal to bring someone in, like Jack Campbell might have to go the other way. That's going to be expensive. That's going to cost you draft picks to, to do that or prospects. It's it's a lot tougher than just saying go out there and get someone. But I'll take names. Let us know. one 1440 And then maybe we'll run it through the draft uh, simulator there and, and see how things go. Scalding Gord is saying, all I know is my Steelers will fall to 6-5. and five. Yeah, the Steelers will still finish like 11-6, and six, get at the wild card spot, draft 20th overall, and we'll admire... Tomlin from afar saying, wow, what a good coach he is. How impressive, like, the Steelers have not, um, remember when they, like, went undefeated for a long stretch of the season and then they lost, like, three of their last handful of games and it, w- it was like, how was this team 11-0 and or whatever they were? I can't even remember. There's a couple seasons ago now. Um, but Mike Tomlin is a very good coach. People might question it, but, like, keep in mind what we now know and have seen since from Antonio Brown, Levon Bell or Le'Veon Bell, pardon me. Like he had all those people coexisting in the same locker room. That also included Ben Roethlisberger, who I think uh, a lot of accounts say maybe not the easiest guy to get along with sometimes. And that was a really competitive team. And also Mike Tomlin. Did he? He was he the head coach when they won that Super Bowl? The, their sec, yeah, he second, got one. second Roethlisberger one. Yeah, I think Cowher retired quickly after the yeah, first the one, first and then one, yeah. Tomlin got yeah. in. Yeah. So yeah, Mike Mike Tomlin's never finished a season below five hundred. Looks like he might be in danger of it this year, but that division, no uh, no Burrow, no Watson, not out of the realm of possibility for the Steelers to milk, still make a playoff push. Yeah, 100%. That division is, is, dare I say, well, maybe the wild card spot's wide open. As I think the Ravens are pretty comfortable up in first place right now. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so, too. Uh, the texts keep coming in here. Shorty from Fort Mac uh, asking about uh, the signal. Yay, we always tell you, there's going to be parts where the signal is fuzzy. We recommend iHeartRadio. You can go to our website, sports1440.ca. You can check out TuneIn, Radio Player Canada. All those uh, stream crystal clear. They use 
very little data, and you can listen to them in your car, connect it right to the Bluetooth or whatever system you have. So uh, always uh, make sure you take a stream. The FM transmitter or the, or the cassette uh, aux cord situation. We talked about that at length yesterday. <laughs> if you still Good have times. that. Um, Tropics jerseys are at least as good as Vegas's stadium series. That's from Noel. 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 Team captain of the Trops. Noel. That's who's uh, who's reading here from Beaumont. Can I say Noel? <laughs> I don't know if he... I'm sure he's been called that plenty uh, in his life, but uh, yeah. New father, Noel. Oh, congratulations. Noel. And his, awesome. uh, his wife still makes him go to beer league games because... Uh, gives her some reprieve from him being in the house. Well, that's awesome. There is a real question here, though. Well, I have, yeah, important question. Superflex matchup this week. We have three flex. One Superflex, uh, two running back, receiver, tight end. I assume this is your league, Brandon? I, I don't play in this league with them, but a lot of guys on our team do. They talk, it's a, So it's a dynasty Superflex. So this, like, their depth and their rosters are huge. Like, it's crazy. Like, even this last name that Noel's put on, um, who he's considering for these flex spots, Douglas on the Pats. Who's that? I, I is there is there like a depth receiver or running back on the Patriots that might see some action this weekend? Um, Noel was running me through some of their rosters uh, after our game last week, and I was like, like to the point, Tim Boyle was not available to pick up on waivers in this league. He was already owned. That's how deep it is. Uh, but so yeah, Rashid Shahid, Chris Godwin. Douglas on Pats. Do I take someone out for a quarterback? I have Mac Jones, Bryce Young, and Tommy Gabagool DeVito. <laughs> Tommy DeVito. Yeah, up against the Patriots, I don't love that. Mac Jones, I don't love that. Who do the pa- Panthers play? The Titans. Ooh. This might be a good slot to maybe put Bryce Young in. The Titans are bad. <laughs> their defense has some holes, for sure. And their offense has good players, but not much production. Yeah, good players. D Hop, Derrick Henry. Is it like is is it is Derrick Henry's reign like is the the Kings reign over here? It's great players if it's twenty nineteen. Great players. <laughs> you got Tannehill the on Titans, the bench. The Titans would be running roughshod over this league in twenty nineteen. Yeah. Oh, it'd be it'd be amazing. Um yeah, I kinda like I kinda like giving Bryce Young a look at this uh at this point in the season. I and I love when people call him Tommy Gabagool. <laughs> Hey, get the gabagool. Sugar Sean says Tua today or T-Law against the Texans. Uh, what do you think about the Texans' defense? Uh, could Trevor Lawrence exploit it potentially, Brandon? Yes, their, t- their defense is not good. They have some good players, but they are still without uh, Denzel Perriman serving the second of his two-game suspension for being a menace out there. Um, the Texans' defense is not super great. They have a lot of holes. They're particularly susceptible to the run. Um, but I, I say that as if they're good against the pass because that's not true either. Yeah, the Texans always play Jacksonville very good. Um, they have a like, – even since the Texans have been bad and Jacksonville's kind of made the turn to being a good team and a competitive team, Houston still has had their number. So could Lawrence still put up numbers this weekend? I certainly would think so. Um, but compared to – who was the other option? Tua today? Yeah. Like I said, I kind of think the Jet. I can see this going two ways today's uh, today, the Jets' defense. They either rebound and say, hey, we sucked last week. Time to get things back on track. We're the backbone of this team. Or they have, like what we saw last week, they've kind of given up and said, why do we have to keep playing our, our uh, lower regions off uh, if the offense isn't going to do anything? So, man, I, I think I'd go Tua. 
that offense is too dynamic. Even against a good Jets D, they'll still put up some numbers. Yeah, I'm with you, and that kind of translates into this one. Uh, Gene and Spruce Grove, good morning. I'm wondering, Waddle today versus the Jets, or wait till Sunday for Myers or Shakir or Guyton? PPR, Gene and Spruce Grove. I mean, I go Waddle. Yeah. I know the Jets' defense is good, and, you know, Sauce Gardner probably takes that matchup against Tyreek Hill. But I, I think I go with Waddle with the upside. Jalen Guyton has had some injuries. I think the hamstring's still bugging, bugging him a little bit. Jacoby Myers or Shakir, unsure. I go Jalen Waddle in that one. Just seems like there's more upside. And he's just such a threat. You know, he he can take that little five-yard slant to the house. So are we agreeing on that one? We're going Jalen so, Waddle? yeah. Uh, Lance says, have you guys tried the new fries place in the mall? I didn't even know there was a new fries place. There's a new burger place just over across the uh, yonder hole in the floor over top of the Lego store. I was like, back something burgers. Uh, we had a milkshake from there. That was good. No free plugs. Back, yeah, no free plugs. So uh, to answer your question, <laughs> I don't think we've tried a new fries place because we aren't aware there is one. You had New York fries for the first time, though. I did, and I think you said I should just went for just the straight fries because uh, they come out super hot and crispy. I went for like one of the loaded options, which I'm a big fan of, and I said they were kind of like just so-so. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe I'll have to give another try without all the, the fixins on top. That's that's what I would say. Just just to experience it, but the fries you had did look very good. I, uh, we got a, a text from Alfred. I, I don't know what we're talking about here. Why don't we park them all around the city like the baseball bat and sell fries out of them, Alfred? Uh, Alfred, I think you're uh, losing it, bud. You got to elaborate on that one. Tiger says, I think I'd be a really good owner, but I also think behind the scenes I'd be asking McDavid all the time, like, are you going to re-sign, man? What do you think? <laughs> Out of 10, how you feeling? I saw that report come out today. Maybe it was yesterday that he was a little frustrated with the narrative that he's pulling the strings. I don't blame him. I wouldn't want that to be said about I, me. I, I would be irked if yeah. people were spreading that around because... Once again, and we talked about this when Knobloch got hired. You and I did pretty extensively when we came in on that Sunday, the day he was hired. We said, if you really think that Connor McDavid went to ownership or management and said, yeah, hire this coach, you're, you're delusional because there's zero chance that happened. Maybe the management team said, hey, Connor, what do you think of Chris Knobloch when he was your coach? And you're, yeah, I thought he was a good coach. All right, thanks for your input. That that had to be, and then it depend on who you listen to, whether Ken Holland or Jeff Jackson at the following <laughs> press conference, whether or not he wasn't consulted in any fashion. But yeah, like Connor McDavid is not pulling any strings here. The the organization is making these decisions to try and appease him. I think it plays a role the Jeff Jackson hiring and the Knobloch hiring. I think way less so. He coached him in junior. How uh, that's like almost ten years ago now. So that one I don't buy as much. Uh, I would, if I was Connor McDavid, I would be pretty irked by uh, this type of narrative out in, and I think it's it that, that narrative's coming more so from fans, less so from media. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any fan or any player, athlete, hockey player especially, wants to have that about them. You know, they're they're just, except they're, LeBron James because he just openly admits it. It's like, yeah, I hired this coach, I made this trade. It's LeBron's got rings. I mean, hey, maybe he'll be a la GM. After he hangs him up, he puts the team together. Anthony Davis with the Lakers. Some put the asterisk beside it, right? It was in the the bubble. In the bubble, the Mickey Mouse ring. They got down it done. In, down in the happiest place on earth. <laughs> uh, LJ from Lloydminster says heart will not come to Edmonton. 
I could see that. We have uh, Imitation Tom. Stay away from downtown or LRT power line, and the signals is good. I come in from the south side, and the signal is clear all the way for me personally, but I have definitely used the iHeartRadio app, and it's very nice. Uh, Top Dobbs says, Can you tell me your thoughts on the best favorite between the Vikings, Titans, and Broncos? I assume, like, we're talking money line here. Broncos playing the Browns. They're one-and-a-half-point favorites. Vikings and Titans. Titans play the Jags? Is that what we talked about? No. Vikings are playing the... Are the Vikings on a bye week? No bye weeks. No bye Vikings weeks. Vikings are Monday Night Football, Connor. Oh, yeah. St. Albert, Albert South. I didn't scroll that far. The Bears. And the Titans are playing the Panthers. That's a good one. I think I like the Browns, or sorry, the Broncos. I think they're starting to really put it together right now. Russell Wilson's playing better. The Browns don't have a quarterback that I totally trust. Vikings as well on Monday night against the Bears. But Justin Fields every once in a while has the magic in him, so I lean Broncos. What do you think? Titans, Broncos, Vikings. Who's the best favorite? I'm still heady on the Browns, uh, partially due to my future on them. I think they're a good team even without Deshaun Watson. Their defense is awesome. Um... I'm going to say the Vikings because I'm also a believer in them. And the Bears, they've shown some flashes of improvement, but I still don't think they're a good team. So uh, I'll say the Vikings. And we, 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 can't, we have to steer away from the narrative primetime Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins is not playing. Primetime past or not. Let's see what Let's see what he's got. Jay Dobbs can do. Okay, let's take a break here because I accidentally closed my text <laughs> machine, and that's probably a sign because we're running late already. When we come back, we'll keep the text going, so keep those coming in. one 401 That was uh, the text inbox brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, sending you to the Super Bowl. one 401 Keep those texts coming in here. When we come back, we'll let you know what's coming up on the Lowdown with Low Tide as well as... The Jason Greger Show. You're listening to Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky on Sports 1440. Little Gord Bamford for you here on a Friday as we uh, get closer to the weekend. Brando, you're pretty much there. I got uh, another uh, six and a half hours, but uh, you're going to go see old Gordy tomorrow night, hey? Tomorrow evening, the University of Alberta University Aid Pavilion, or more commonly known as the Butter Dome. The B-Dome. University of Alberta Agriculture Club. This is a free plug uh, because it's for a good cause, uh, raising money in support of Stars Air Ambulance, put on by the Ag Club, of which I was a, I don't know about prominent, passionate member, I guess. Uh, I loved uh, my time in Ag Club. Yeah, Barnon. Barnon 76. I should have written that down to remember. But, uh, yeah, been on for a long time. Uh, Gord Bamford headlining, raised uh, Money Goes to Stars. You can... Find Bar None on Instagram or Facebook or probably Twitter too. Uh, get your tickets through Show Pass. Cannot recommend enough. I this will be my or not my tenth time going because there was COVID a couple years, but the tenth anniversary of my first Bar None that I went to when I was a fresh faced, uh, wide eyed eighteen year old living in the big city for a couple months and heading out to a. At the time, was at the Shaw Center. Uh, for my first couple were there and then we had it at Northlands for a couple seasons or a couple seasons a couple years um, where I uh, kind of helped organizing it and then back to the Butter Dome where it kind of actually uh, all started back in the day um, like I said 70 plus years ago so pretty cool I'm looking forward to it a couple of my old friends that I went to school with we make a yearly tradition of linking back up to head and have some drinks do some dancing 
listen to some music, and then uh, probably hit up White Ave after afterwards. Maybe maybe go sing a little karaoke at Rosie's. Man, you got a fun weekend planned. I like to go to my weekends in alternating fashion because last weekend I did absolutely nothing. If, in this regard, I went to the Bears game, which is always good. But uh, in terms of maybe cutting a little bit looser, I can only do it every second weekend now as my age advances. So I'm really looking forward to it. And then the uh, the Ducks here in the city on Sunday night, not sure if I'm going to go to that game or not yet. Might just uh, watch it on TV. Jamie says, why do you presume everyone has the ability to stream everywhere? We're just given the option. That's all, Jamie. <laughs> not forcing you. Do, do whatever you want. Do yeah. whatever you want, Jamie. Or James, as uh, he signed the most recent couple oh, of messages. James. Well, he signed it both ways. Um, thanks for listening, no matter how you do it, whether yeah. it is on the AM dial podcast format afterwards if you can't catch it live uh, or through one of the mini streaming options we appreciate you tuning in wherever it is whatever works best for you that's what works best for us uh, coming up on the lowdown with low tide today they're going to be joined by steve lansky of big mouth sports and uh, you can kind of look at this as almost like a pregame show uh, oilers taking on the capitals at one o'clock so uh, join low tide and declan kruger from noon to two, get you ready for uh, that one coming up at two o'clock. It's the Jason Greger show. We've got Mike Ruff from the NHL Network joining us. Also, Cam Tate for the two minute warning. Lorianne Munzer, Olympic gold medalist, will join us. She was really great last week talking about just kind of the mental side of things, not only for Jack Campbell, but the Oilers going through those struggles. How do you try to get out of it? Uh, really good stuff from Lorianne. We'll get to that at three. Also, uh, Wanya Gretz will be by co hosting. We've got Craig Button. We've got Alan Mitchell. We've got Mark Spector. I talk about using the lowdown with low tide as a pregame show. You can join the Jason Greger show pretty much for postgame show. Like, listen the whole time because we're going to give you great content. But once it wraps up, uh, we'll be talking about the Oilers and Capitals. Hopefully, hopefully talking about a big dub. Rodrigo says, hey, guys, this is Rodrigo. Rodrigo, thank you for tuning in today. He's Mark Andrews on his team. Now that he's hurt, he's looking for a tight end. And David Njoku is on the waiver wire. Who would you suggest? I'm in a 12-team league, and it's tight right now. I just went and looked at my 12-team league at the tight end position, and there's a few interesting names. I'm not too sure if it would translate to yours. Um, Gerald Everett is on ours. Now, he's questionable to play. If he's able to play, I think he's a good option. Justin Herbert definitely trusts Mr. Everett. There's also Jonah Smith of the Atlanta Falcons, who Kyle... Pitts owners probably dislike a whole lot, but he uh, he gets the job done. So you, you could go that route. Maybe Michael Meyer of the Vegas Raiders, a guy who, you know, high upside, second-round pick out of Notre Dame, kind of slipped to the Raiders. Maybe go that way, but I, I don't even mind David Njoku. Like, we, I think earlier in the week I kind of scoffed at the idea of starting him, but a tight end can be a young quarterback's best friend, and Njoku's a, a very good pass catcher. Very, very good. Uh, I, I'm still an Njoku owner in uh, in both my leagues. He And we've said this time and time again about the tight end position this year. Unless you have basically one of the top two, maybe three guys, if you go Kelsey, I would say Hawkinson probably in that conversation, and then maybe Mark Andrews before going down to injury. So now it can just be whittled down. Maybe George Kittle, I guess, as well. Um, you're kind of just hoping for good, like modest production. If he, If they were to pop off, that'd be great. Um, we saw uh, Sam Laporta do it yesterday, 17 points uh, against me in my one matchup. But otherwise, like, Njoku is pretty reliable. He's going to get a couple grabs. He, he can do damage when he gets the ball in his hands. We saw him run over uh, that one defender a couple weeks ago in that game against Baltimore, was it, I think? Um, it, 
doesn't matter. Uh, so <laughs> he's he's still a good option. And when we had Andy McNamara on, um, who has a lot of insight in the Browns, he said, yeah, don't don't shy away from um, from these Browns pass catchers because the, the these whoever's playing quarterback is going to really have to lean on them to to help them help them out because they're not that good. They're not Deshaun Watson. So whether it be Amari Cooper or David Njoku or the running backs, you can probably still trust some Browns players because they're they're still in a chase for the division title. It's a lot easier to find your tight end on like a seven or eight yard route or down the seam than a, a dot on the sideline. Yeah, trying try so. to throw an over the shoulder, dropping a bucket past to your receiver streaking down the sideline. So um, tight ends that are proven commodities, which I certainly think David and Joku is, um, they can be worth their weight in gold. So I, I'm not afraid of that option for you at all, uh, Rodrigo. Chomsker says Taysom Hill coming off a bye. Yeah, well, Taysom Hill is always a tempting option. Just in case they get in that red zone and, you know, they're feeling frisky, run it in with Taysom Hill. Uh, Earlobe says, hey, guys, is there any truth to the Oilers trying to get Corey Perry? Thanks, Earlobe. Well, Corey Perry won't play again today, Luke Richardson making that announcement. For these situations, I I tried to listen to like three or four people when it comes to rumors. Elliot Friedman, Drager, Frank Saravalli. So I check in on those guys. Uh, Friedman said that he is not thinking there is a trade situation right now. He's not sensing it, but it could always change. So maybe, I mean, Corey Perry, that would, the uh, in Edmonton, there might be some bad blood there. No denying he's a, he's a guy who can frustrate the opponent. This is another question I posed to uh, Kevin and Eddie this morning in in and out was, should the Oilers, instead of like a lot of people are, are clamoring for a big, Splash trade uh, involving some big names going back and forth. Should they be pursuing um, a, a veteran free agent that's still available or uh, like a low cost option, whether it be Corey Perry, um, Eric Stahl, Phil Kessel, and these guys? Because it, it looks like this team is pretty fragile, like in the dressing room, and would be would bringing in a true proven veteran guy that can um, help stabilize things, even if it's just as a locker room uh, presence. Like, look at Phil Kessel; he did not play in the playoffs last year for Vegas, still gets a ring. Um, and he, he, that makes him a three-time Stanley Cup champ. Like, would one of these guys be a good ad for the Oilers? And uh, based on the text line at that time and what Kevin and Eddie said, pretty mixed bag on people's thoughts on it. I I, I would love to see Corey Perry come to Edmonton because I think most people in this city absolutely despise him. <laughs> it would be something. I that, mean, that that goal will live forever in my memory. That was uh, one of my highlights of my time as a as a Ducks fan. More so in my adult years where they haven't uh, got back to the top of the mountain. But yeah, the, the comeback on Catella, as we uh, we call it in Ducks fandom. Slick little pass for my boy Getzi out of the corner. And that patented Perry patience uh, outweighs Talbot around the top of the crease. Love it. And uh, and no, Ryan Kessler was not holding his pad on the tying goal. <laughs> you know what? Whatever. <laughs> How many cups you guys have? Just one. That's cute. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Better than a lot of teams. Better than the Sabres. Yeah. The Coyotes. Uh, <laughs> we had one here, Karsten. Boys, is this a good trade offer production-wise in NHL Points League? They're offering Heiskanen for Hronik from Karsten. Philip Hronik. Philip Hronik's been very good. He plays he with, has Jack, been. He plays with uh, Quinn Hughes, so that's a big benefit. And I think he quarterbacks the Canucks' second power play unit. Uh, without the lines in front of me, but if I were to pull them up in a quick second on our friends at Daily Faceoff, 
While you say that, Heisken in right now, 12 points, one goal, 11 assists. Heronic as uh, 18 points, or sorry, 19 points, like you said, playing with a very good player. And and yes, Philip Heronic, second power play unit. Uh, Heisken in, running the top unit in Dallas. I think, like, there's temptation around Heronic right now because of, like, this surge the Canucks are on. He's not the number one guy. Merrill Heiskinen is like and and Heiskinen situation that's not going to change if the Canucks were to go into a skid or something he's a guy that all of a sudden you start switching out and moving around a little bit I think um, whether it be off the top pairing or off the second power play unit like Heiskinen standing isn't going anywhere so Heiskinen's probably the safer bet um, and especially long term like over the course of a full season but uh, Philip Ronick has a ton of offensive upside do not get me wrong Rob says why the hell would they trade for Perry I mean Everything we just said. Help a veteran, a voice in the room that they might a player be missing. that plays a way that nobody on the Oilers currently does. Maybe outside of Evander Kane, I guess. Gritty, dirty areas, front of the net, score goals the ugly way, things like that. He's a valuable player, even uh, as he's gotten older. He's not. He's not a MVP Corey Perry anymore, but he's still a pretty good player. Nine points in sixteen games, and and like a bo- and almost all the time playing in the bottom six. And with some power play time mixed in too, so yeah. I mean, like, hey, we we know it can't be a huge package. You can't be giving up too much for Corey Perry at this stage in his career. But I get why the name's out there. I don't know if I'm rushing to make the move, but I get it. I get it. Uh, I think we're just about done here. Looks like Brandon's fading up the music. There it is. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy today and all week. If you missed anything, make sure you go check out our podcast on Apple. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google. Make sure you subscribe. We really do appreciate that. Uh, Coming up next on the Jason Greger Show, like I said, you got Button, you got Spec, we got Wanya Gretz. Uh, Before that, though, it will be the Lowdown with Low Tide, Alan Mitchell and Declan Kruger. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Right now, let's get to a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.